Welcome to A Life That Lasts. I am your host, Kendall Keeler, author of Your Last 24, a book about courageously facing death. I'm here with my friend, Nancy Angle, a mom, a grandma, a writer, and a cancer warrior. Together, we are discussing each chapter of my book and interviewing various guests who can provide helpful perspectives on this often avoided topic of death. You can find lots more information about us, the podcast, and my book at kendallkeeler.com. That's spelled K-E-N-D-A-L-L-K-E-E-L-E-R.com. Hi, courageous friends. I'm Nancy Engel, and this is episode number 13 of the podcast. It's Sunday, the 28th of February, 2021, as we record this. Today, we continue talking through Kendall's book, Your Last 24, and we will be discussing our 12, Grief. Keeler, there are two parts to this book. We just completed part one, and now today, the vignette on grief is the beginning of part two. Can you talk about the significance of part one, sunset, and part two, sunrise? Yeah. So the reason I divided the book in two sections is because the 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 first section is called courage. Death is inevitable. And I call that sunset because when you think of the sun setting, often we think of death. We think of the end of a day. We we think of this idea that, okay, death is coming. And the first part of the book was was me uh, explaining more this theory of death is going to happen. It's something we need to grapple with. It's more the background of it. Okay, Mm -hmm. fine. It's coming. The second half of the book where it's sunrise, it's more, where do we go from here? Okay. Mm -hmm. So we have the theory. We realize in the garden, Adam and Eve, they, they ended up being separated from God. Death came to the world. Death is something that we have to deal with. Then the second half of the book is my intention to get a little more practical in a few more steps. And then in in the second book, her last 24 that I'm writing uh, during this time and hoping to launch here a little bit later this year, that book gets even more into the practical steps. What can we do? There's There's a little bit more theory in there as well related to death. But so the first half of the book is this. I need to accept the fact that death is going to happen. I need to stop avoiding the conversation. I need mm-hmm. to realize that when God brought, when God allowed death to be something in this world that we experience, he was a, a good father that had a good plan, mm-hmm. even for something like death. Now, when I realize it's happening, um, what do I do? How do I, how do I ask myself the right questions where do we go from here? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And and the transition here, this vignette called grief, if you think about what grief does in our lives, is grief is kind of this time of transition where we are going, we are grappling with something that is painful or, or something that uh, we resist. And when you get to the other side of grief, you get to acceptance. Mm-hmm. And so the idea of this being the transition chapter is it's a, in this vignette, I'm imagining that my wife, uh, what are her thoughts as 
I would be dying, as I imagine in this book. And there's this transition of going from resistance, resistance to resistance to then in the end of the vignette, acceptance. Okay, I'm taking this guy. It's not like I'm happy about it or anything. It's more I'm turning this, I'm releasing it. And then where do we go from here? So that's that's the concept behind having part one and part two and my intention of, of doing it that way. I like that. And I, I like the way you talked about sunset first because sunrise, isn't that always a time of hope? Mm-hmm. And hope we have discussed before. Yeah. Um, so each new day is full of hope mm-hmm. and expectation we don't know what god will do but we have hope yeah and we know he has good things for his children today we have a special guest who may or may not have a lot of input we will have this conversation and the special guest is nancy's husband jerry jerry thanks for joining us jerry is I know Jerry's a hunter, and you were saying you're looking at some places to hunt, but you haven't started yet. When does hunting season begin? Well, turkey season would start in May, the month of May, and deer hunting will not start till September and October, November, yeah. Okay, so this is just uh, planning time of the year. This is scouting, planning, yes. Yeah. Well, Nancy... Why don't you start by telling us what it was about this section of the book that made you think there may be benefit to having Jerry join us in this conversation? This chapter called Grief is one of the part of the vignette that you have written. Yes. And this chapter, so it's written from the vantage point of the spouse of the person who is battling cancer or sickness. Mm -hmm. And so we're taping today at my house for the first time ever. Mm -hmm. And it's something Jerry and I've been talking about the past couple of days, which we'll get into more later. But I thought, what a great time to have him here because he is the spouse of someone who is battling for their life. Yeah. And it's one of those things where we can have all kinds of theoretical conversations about death, about grief, about struggling with these hard questions of death. It's one thing to theorize. It's another thing to live in the reality of that. My goal in bringing up the topic and encouraging people to read about it and think about it is because I think too many of us live in a um, an unrealistic mm-hmm. bubble that death is somehow so far away Mm -hmm. that it's something that we don't really have to think about. We don't, we don't have to talk about. So I'm going to use a word here that I hope doesn't feel offensive, but I do find that people who are struggling with something have a unique privilege. Privilege may not feel like the right word. It's, it's the opportunity. Maybe that's a better word to realize and to be reminded that this world is not, should not be uh, pretended to be our home. It's, it's a temporary part of the journey. 
we are just passing through. Yeah. It is a privilege. And through this process, one can take advantage of the journey and learn and grow through it. Yeah. And um, that's my goal. I'm not always successful. But. Right. I believe the goal for any of us who face a struggle or a difficult time, whether it is maybe something that's that's not considered fatal, but something that is still painful or difficult, when we go through those difficult circumstances, we can we have the ability to make a choice. We can choose to um, respond to that situation with bitterness or anger, or we can respond to it in healthy ways. Now, I do, when I wrote this vignette and I was thinking about, I was trying to imagine, okay, what would be going through my wife's mind? If, a dangerous thing. Yeah, I know, that is <laughs> Yes, we as husbands, Jerry, it's kind of hard to read our spouse's mind, isn't it? Yes, quite. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I did have her, she read through the book and she was one of my editors. Yes. So I at least knew that I would have her approval in what went out there to the public. So, of course, she doesn't know exactly what would go through her mind, but I'm trying to imagine, okay, what would be some of the struggles that would happen? And in this particular vignette, the spouse is dealing with quite a bit of anger. Yes. Anger at God. It, and what my intention was through writing this was to show a transition from a resistance to talk to God about it to then realizing that when this person, who I wrote it as if it were my spouse, when she turns to God, with the anger and with the frustration, it is then she has sort of this supernatural sense of peace. Mm -hmm. Whereas when she was allowing it just to eat at her, it had the tendency to be internally destructive. And that process is not just a once and done thing. Mm. I mean, for Jerry and I, when I first got my diagnosis, would you like to share what your response was, Jerry, that day? Well, that day I went to talk to our pastor, and as he was praying for me and for us, I felt God gave me a word to rebuke the cancer. Mm -hmm. And so I, when Nancy came home, we prayed and cried, and, and I did that. And God has been gracious these five years, um, has provided, and, and the medicine has been doing its job, so... Uh, grateful for that. Yeah. But yesterday, I was not feeling very well. And I've had some days of not feeling very well. Even though my most recent scan was good, I just was feeling very weak. Mm -hmm. And I felt like, I felt like I could have been dying. Mm -hmm. Like, this is this what it, is this the beginning mm -hmm. of this journey? Yeah. Um, so once again... One has to go back with God, back to God, mm -hmm. and say, "Okay, God, this is happening." I bring my feelings and thoughts again to you, mm -hmm. and give them to you again. Yeah. Help me walk this journey. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any other things to share uh, about our yeah. day? Well, yeah, it's, it's an ongoing process, and um, you know, I am praying 
as well as you are and saying, okay, God, what is, uh, what are you saying? What's this journey going to look like? I don't like it when I know that you're not feeling well. And I know, you know, that you are also, um, taking all these thoughts to God and, and you have a peace about your situation. I don't like to see you, uh, in pain. And so it, it's an ongoing process to see, okay, Lord, uh, what are you saying and where's this journey going to go? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I appreciate you pointing out and sharing with those who are listening that those who are out there in our listening audience, I know there are people who are listening to this podcast who need to hear that it's okay if you have one conversation with God and suddenly it's not like all automatically resolved and everything's done that it there are cycles of grief mm-hmm. that you go through because life has its ups and downs mm-hmm. and you have days where you, you say okay i worked it out with god i wrestled with him and things went well right i when i use the word wrestle i think of jacob in the bible who literally had a wrestling match um with God. And after that time, yes, there was a breakthrough that occurred in his life, but he still throughout the rest of his life had many more ups and downs and times of, of pain and, and suffering and difficulty that he had to go through. And I just think it's so important for those of you in the listening audience to remember that when you read scripture, there is no one in scripture that suddenly has this one once and done experience that that you know grief and troubles are suddenly all eradicated in this one moment un, except hey, for one the one moment is when you graduate to that's heaven. exactly right that's the once and done yeah and then we're free until then you're right it's it's right. each day is each day is a gift each day is a journey and we just want to walk as closely with God as we can through the days of struggle and through the great days. Yeah, yeah. Those ups and downs, they, they come. We all have them. And this journey that we've been on makes me more aware of all the things that we take for granted. Mm-hmm. Good health, we, yes. when we have it. Our tendency is to take it for granted when God answers our prayers. Um, yeah, sometimes we can take it for granted, and God is a good God, but He is a good God whether things are going well or whether things are not going well. And He gives grace, has given us grace for this journey, we'll, and we'll continue whichever way, uh, whatever happens. So God is still good, even if things are not turning out exactly as we want them to. Mm-hmm. And doesn't that happen often in our lives? I know as a parent, Mm -hmm. there are times when my children looked at me as a parent and said, I don't think you really have the best interest for me in my life. (laughs) And as a parent, you're looking at their situation and you have things you know that they don't know. You have perspective that they don't have. And you're able to say, Trust me in this. I'm telling you, if you go run across the street without looking both ways, 
there's a problem there. If you drive your car like a crazy person without wearing a seatbelt, I've had enough life. I can tell you <laughs> there, there's problems in that world or whatever those situations are. And I appreciate you sharing about the goodness of God because he has perspective that we, we don't see so often, but he is good and he has our good in, in mind, mm-hmm. even in the midst of, of those times where we struggle to see. Mm-hmm. I have to believe that. The whole image of we see the underside part of the tapestry, mm. the part that's not so beautiful, but God is creating a beautiful tapestry the real tapestry Mm -hmm. of our lives. And there are so many situations in this world that we cannot explain and just don't seem right. Mm -hmm. But somehow God is saying, I mean, we have a part to play, but ultimately God is saying, trust me Mm -hmm. with your life. Yeah. And um, that's the bottom line. Do I trust God? Yeah. That's you. You heard it, folks. That is the question for you and for me to answer. Are we willing to trust God? And if you're wondering, well, how do I know if God is trustworthy? I want you to think about other relationships in your life. How did you build trust with your spouse? Or how do you build trust with your friends? The way trust is built requires a certain level of risk. And there are times where we're hesitant to trust someone, but if we take the risk and we say, okay, I'm going to trust you in this circumstance and let's see what happens. I'm telling you, God loves to show you that if you you will taste and see that he is good. Let me just use some examples. So if you go to read scripture, when you read what God communicated to us in his word, and he says something like, obey your parents. As a child, you might think, why do I need to obey my parents? Why would God tell me to obey my parents? But if you want to taste and see that God is good, it means you need to honor your father and mother. I just had a birthday yesterday. Now, when this podcast goes live, it, it will be a couple weeks later. We record our podcast ahead of time so that we, we, we can always have something ready in the queue to share. So today is the 28th. The 27th of February is my birthday. Happy birthday. Well, thank you. It's 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 uh four dozen is the, <laughs> 48 is is what I'm celebrating. And one of the things that I became reminded of over the years is the value of children honoring their parents on their birthday if they're able to, if their parents are alive. Um and I was sharing with somebody yesterday about this. I said I've tried to be very deliberate about reaching out to my parents, giving them a call. Thankfully, both of my parents are still living and just thanking them, somehow honoring them, especially my mom, because she labored me into the world. You You got that right. (laughs) So that's that's a way we can honor uh, our parents on our birthday. But um, I had somebody even challenged me a little more on this honoring uh, parents thing. A gentleman told me, he said, he started sending flowers to his mother-in-law as a way to show gratitude for his wife 
on his uh, wife's birthday. I like that idea. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't that interesting that when God gives a directive in Scripture or he says, trust me in this, mm-hmm. if you honor your parents, not because they're perfect, but because they sacrificed themselves for you, trust me, it's a good way to live. And there are so many other things in in God's word that he has revealed to us. And so what I'm telling you as my listener, as the ones out there who have taken the time to listen to this podcast today, I just want to encourage you, test God. It's okay to test God and see if he's good, because he is. He will prove himself Amen. to be good to you. Don't be afraid to say, God, I need you to show yourself to be good. The Bible says you're good. Other people are telling me you're good. I need to be able to see it and experience it in my life. Go ahead. Have that conversation with God. Mm-hmm. And I I have become so convinced that he's trustworthy that I, I'm courageous enough to tell you, go for it. I, I believe he will prove himself to be faithful to you. So... Are there other things, Nancy, regarding this particular section of the book that you're thinking maybe we should talk about? There was a part that um, you wrote in a part of this vignette that the wife was saying, why couldn't they just go back to the way things were before the death monster showed up in the corner of their room, caged at the moment, but always there, always waiting. She knew that the monster would break out of its cage and steal him from her any day. And it it's interesting that you put it in that way because I journaled about that in my initial year of diagnosis. And um, this is what I wrote. Thank you, God. The sea monster is behind bars in the corner of my life. Though at times I feel his cold, icy breath on my cheek and hear his chilling whispers in my ear. See his hands reaching, reaching out for me. You are his handler, and I trust you. And you are talking to God. God. Yes. God is his handler, Yeah. and I trust God. So we're back to trust. Well, Nancy, I got to give credit where credit is due. When I wrote that section... I had read either a blog or somewhere that you had shared that imagery, and that stuck with me. So, Nancy, you're living a life that will last. I'm telling you that that thinking about death sort of like this monster sitting in the corner, we sometimes fear, okay, death could come at any time. I don't know when it's going to come. And if we allow that fear of death... Mm-hmm to be what dominates it mm-hmm. is it's it's a dangerous place to live because mm-hmm. the monster is controlling us yes but i i love the context of you showing the the root of of where i got that imagery even from so from funny. your journal um <laughs> and i i didn't read your journal you i think you referenced it on a blog I, or I'm something sure like that it. yeah and when I when I read you referring to it that way and I thought about, well, what would it be like for somebody to imagine how this feels to have death just sitting there mm-hmm. uh, waiting to come out? That's the, 
I want it to be authentic. So thank you for mm. that imagery. Thank you, Keeler. So for those who may be listening to this and feeling like they have a monster, maybe for some people listening, it's not death. Mm-hmm. For themselves, maybe there's something else that is sitting there in the corner kind of waiting to come out. Jerry or Nancy, what advice would you give to somebody who is listening today and saying, I feel that, like impending doom is is sitting there. How can a person grapple with that in a healthy way? Any thoughts? Well, I think we have to realize that God, he does have good plans for us all the time, even in bad situations. Mm-hmm. And he is working all things together for our good. Amen. And so we've got to keep that in perspective, along with the eternal perspective. God's rewards are not all here on this earth. Amen. And so uh, I think it helps to have an eternal perspective mm-hmm. and know that God is, as we were talking about, we can trust him. He has understanding beyond this realm, beyond this life. Mm-hmm. And yes, he wants to bless us in this life. I'm f- firmly convinced we have seen that and we'll continue to see that. But just to have an eternal perspective and be able to trust God and know that he is bringing good things through the situation. Mm-hmm. And I'm thankful for this present situation that he is giving Nancy the courage and strength. And I see a peace in her life. Uh, about the situation, which would maybe be unnatural, but uh, it comes from God. Yeah, that's, I, I appreciate you sharing that, Jerry, because if we don't have an eternal perspective, mm-hmm. we view that monster as being, as being the controlling factor. The last word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. Jesus, when he was facing death, he was completely in control. He he knew death could not hmm. could not have the last word mm-hmm. because he was trusting God. And he, I mean, yes, he was. When I say he was in control, I don't mean that. I don't know if I would use the word fearful because he wouldn't he wouldn't have allowed fear to control him. But there was a certain level of anxiety Mm -hmm. that Jesus was experiencing, knowing the pain that he was going to go through. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't anxious about, you know, he was still praying. He was trusting in his father, but he knew from a physical standpoint, he, he had worked for his father in the carpentry shop. He knew what nails could do. He knew what a crucifixion was in, in the Roman culture. He knew what, what was laying before him. And yet he was deliberately he was deliberately courageous enough mm-hmm. to keep taking that next step toward death because he knew death would not be the end, that it would not have the final word, that there was an eternal perspective beyond his own demise, beyond his own passing from this life. And then he demonstrated to us the power of the resurrection, mm-hmm. that there is life beyond the grave. Mm-hmm. And that is the beautiful hope and uh, what we can put our trust in, that the things of this world are this temporary transition from this life to the next. Mm-hmm. Jesus endured it for the joy set before him. Mm-hmm. He endured the cross. Yeah. The joy of bringing all of us into the kingdom of God and providing for us that hope. Yeah. 
hope is huge. Yeah. And the, I would say to anyone facing a monster in the room to seek in scripture to find hope. Sometimes I felt like I don't have faith, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I can at least have hope. I have hope in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And that is a great place to start. Next time we will be talking about hour 13, the necessity of separation. So thank you so much for joining us and we hope to see you again next time. <laughs> Maybe we'll see you again next time on Facebook Live. Maybe. Or you'll see us. <laughs> right. That's our show for today. Blessings to you and to those you love. We're glad you have been listening to us talk about living a life that lasts. Now, it's your turn. Courageously, sacrificially, live this week in such a way that your life will be a life that lasts.